0: I'm Mark Beattie, Editor-in-Chief of Archives of Disease in Childhood. I've got Richard Russell, who's a consultant paediatric gastroenterologist with me from Glasgow, and we're going to talk through his recent publication on the management of Crohn's disease in childhood. Um, Thank you for joining me, Richard. Thank you. So I just thought it would be interesting for the readers to go through some of the key points of the article It's surprising how common Crohn's disease is, so I don't know whether you could just tell us a little bit about that.
1: So Crohn's disease has certainly become more and more common over the past uh, two decades, and we've seen across the UK increasing numbers of children presenting with Crohn's disease. So to put it in context, for readers in a district general hospital, an average size there'll be between four and ten new cases a year, so uh, one every one to two months for bigger uh, children's hospital they'll have one every two weeks and then for the largest children's hospital will be one or new new cases every week so uh, it's becoming more and more common and general paediatricians and paediatric gastroenterologists uh, are seeing more cases with Crohn's disease all the time
0: so what should make a general pediatrician suspect Crohn's disease what are the things that would make you want to push to investigate a child for Crohn's disease?
1: So the classical symptoms of Crohn's disease, abdominal pain, uh, diarrhea and weight loss are present together only in about a quarter of cases, but uh, children who have abdominal pain and diarrhea with or without blood uh, need further investigations. There are some patients with Crohn's disease who present in in an atypical fashion, so patients who have small bowel disease only can present like an anorexic patient, some patients just present with uh, growth failure. So in atypical cases of Crohn's disease you need to have a a suspicion to do uh, first-line investigations at at a relatively low threshold uh, for 10 to 20% of uh, patients.
0: And what are the first-line investigations? Uh, so
1: the article nicely uh, highlights these, but really a good clinical history and examination, particularly examining the mouth and the bottom. So around 40% of patients with Crohn's disease will have some something to see on anal inspection, so uh, fissures, fistulas, abscesses. So it's a very important part of that, together obviously with uh, growth. And then simple investigations, full blood count, ESR, CRP and LFTs will show abnormalities in 8 out of 10 patients. The new uh, faecal calprotectin test which has become available over the UK in the past few years is very helpful for patients where you have diagnostic doubt. For. So for atypical cases it's very helpful then to move on and do a calprotectin if you have access to that.
0: And so what does that mean? If the calprotectin is raised, that means a child should be investigated? So a
1: significantly raised calprotectin, so for that most people would say over 250, so the normal value is below 50, but over 250 should at least merit discussion with a paediatric gastroenterologist for a consideration of further investigation.
0: Okay. And and how do you make the diagnosis? So um, what would the paediatric gastroenterologist do in terms of tests to make a diagnosis of Crohn's disease?
1: So in the right circumstances with the clinical history examination and, and supportive tests, then uh, endoscopy, upper and lower uh, endoscopy, particularly with uh, intubation of the ileum, together with small bowel imaging. So recent uh, guidelines have moved away from uh, barium follow-throughs and moved on to small bile MRI. So the standard workup would be endoscopy with histology and small bile imaging.
0: So the general paediatricians likely to have some patients with Crohn's disease that they're managing in conjunction with a regional centre. So what, what sort of treatments are available and what are the current thinking... What is the current thinking about different treatments?
1: So the the big change in the ECHO uh, Crohn's disease guideline, which came out two years ago, has for the first time put uh, exclusive enteral nutrition as first-line treatment. So there's been a lot of debate over the past two decades about whether steroids or exclusive enteral nutrition are the best initial treatment, but very clearly now exclusive enteral nutrition should be the first uh, treatment offered to all patients with active Crohn's disease. And that's because... It not only makes patients feel better, but it has a very good side effect profile. It doesn't really have any side effects, although around 4 out of 10 patients will need a nasogastric tube, but it also promotes uh, healing of the bowel as well. So mucosal healing is a key outcome really in terms of the long-term prognosis of Crohn's disease. So exclusive enteral nutrition was uh, popular in many UK units uh, previously, but now uh, is offered to all patients first line in, in place of steroids.
0: And and what does that mean for the patient?
1: So for the patient that means they will have between six and eight weeks where they only take liquid-only feeds. And again, the length, the specific length of treatment varies between uh, different units, but particularly at the start of that treatment, the, you need support from your district general hospital team, so uh, dietitians, nurses, doctors because trying to establish patients on this treatment can be very difficult once they're established. So after a week, 10 days, they're starting to feel better. They've got into the swing of things, but they need intensive treatment eh, to start with. So district general paediatricians will see patients with a new diagnosis or patients with an established diagnosis who then have an increase in symptoms and need treatment with this.
0: And what about the other treatments, monoclonal antibody therapies and such like?
1: So uh, recently the, the use of monoclonal antibodies for uh, Crohn's disease uh, has become more widespread so about 1 in 5 patients will need anti-TNF uh, infliximab or adalimumab for treatment of their Crohn's disease and again treatment is moving out of tertiary pediatric centers into district general hospitals so these treatments come as an infusion uh, over 2 hours initially but then an hour subsequently so it's much easier for patients if they can go to their local hospital uh, and have these infusions rather than, you know, often travel very long distances to get to get this treatment.
0: Those treatments have got a significant side effect profile. Are there any specific things you think the paediatrician should be looking out for?
1: So this is, this is a, a point of a continuous discussion and really the Uh, recent uh, controversy has been whether you give these treatments alone or whether you give them together with immunosuppression. And the side effect profile increases when you give them with immunosuppression, but also the benefits of the treatment are greater. So trying to get that balance can be difficult. The main side effect, uh, the common side effects are infection and infusion reactions for infliximab. But the the feared ones are a risk of cancer, particularly hepatisplenic T-cell lymphoma, a very rare but usually fatal lymphoma is particularly common in young boys on a combination of anti-TNF and immunosuppression. It's important to put it in context, it's still a very rare event to happen but it often gets a, a lot of publicity with families so appropriate talking through the risks and the benefits. So I think often people forget to stress the benefits of treatment, so untreated Crohn's disease has a risk attached to it as well. So trying to get the the balance in there for families is very important. And for district general, paediatricians then uh, linking in with their tertiary centre if they need further information uh, on that would be the thing to do.
0: Can I ask you about surgery? I mean, in the past, lots of patients with Crohn's disease needed surgery, and some people would say most patients with crohn's need surgery do you think that's still the case
1: so certainly historically uh, you know up to 80% of uh, childhood patients with crohn's disease would need surgery but that figure has improved over time some of that is with the uh, recognition and use of new treatments like anti tnf and immunosuppression and also the surgical techniques that are used now so, so sometimes using stricturoplasty instead of uh, resection has also helped to Current series would estimate maybe between 20 and 30% of children will need surgery within childhood years, so within five years of of diagnosis. And I think a a rate a drop in that rate of surgery has come because of you know increased use of immunosuppression and, and biologic treatment. The other vogue for surgery is more laparoscopic surgery is being done now compared to to open surgery. And I think the you know the long term benefits have have yet to be seen. I'm sure they'll be realised in an adult rather than paediatric practice. Mm.
0: Clearly lots of um, things have moved on with Crohn's disease and it is an increasingly common condition for, for people to be aware of and know about and are likely to meet in their practice. Do you have any concluding comments about the future? Do you think things are gonna get better for this patient group?
1: I think what we've seen the trend over the past few years has certainly been for us to get more out of the established treatments that we have. So making better use of nutrition, doing it better, using uh, drug levels and antibodies for biologics, using drug levels for immunosuppressants. So I think we're optimizing our our treatments better. I think uh, collaborative uh, research and moving forward together is is the message really. So. There have been in the past two or three years studies which have involved children and adults over the UK. So the exemplar would be the the PANT study, which has recruited 1,600 patients, uh, children as young as six and adults up to the age of uh, 60. And that's been a successful uh, study run over hundreds of centres in the UK. And I think if we can use that as an example for future trials uh, and studies, then that access to treatment for children will be much better than it has been historically.
0: Thank you. Management of Crohn's disease is published in the May edition of the journal and is um, free to access. And I would definitely commend it to anybody who wanted a update of the recent developments in this condition. Thanks very much, Richard. I'm Mark Beattie, Editor-in-Chief of Archives of Disease and Childhood. Uh, Thank you for listening.